Hello, welcome to episode 127 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today's podcast is sponsored by Dexcom and Omnipod, and I have a little excitement when we get to the ads uh, later. Dexcom is allowing me to now do the ads freeform, the way I do the Omnipod ads. So they'll be fun and exciting, and you'll hear a little more about you know our experience with Dexcom in the ads, not just some red copy. So I'm excited about that. If you want to know more right now, you want to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Okay, before we talk about this episode, I have an announcement. It's pretty exciting. You may recall back in episode 118, it was with Colleen and she shared her pregnancy struggles with us. Colleen was really great. She had a, a tough time getting pregnant and she came on here and she spoke about it as a person with type 1 diabetes. She was really forthcoming and it was a lot of great information. I'm just really excited to announce that after all of their struggles and, and determination to have a family, that Colleen has uh, shared with me and now with you that Evelyn Lucille Scott was born recently at the end of August. She was seven pounds, nine ounces, 21 and a quarter inches long. She's absolutely healthy. And I'm looking at some pictures here, a wonderful, beautiful baby. Uh, so congratulations, Colleen, for you and your family uh, from all of us here at the Juice Box Podcast. Isn't that great, guys? I'm excited. That's cool. Like it's like a show baby or something. Anyway, all right. Now, this episode is a different episode. This is episode 127, and it is called The Normal Floor. I've taken up enough of your time at the beginning of the podcast here. I'm not going to bother telling you what this one's about, although I do want to tell you the person I'm interviewing. Her name is Christina, and I realized that the episode a couple weeks ago was also with a Christina. This is not the same person, so please don't become confused. All right, instead of explaining what this episode's about, just enjoy it. It's called The Normal Floor. The music will start now. And soon enough, you'll understand why it's another one of my favorite episodes. Hello. Christina? Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Good. You sound far away. Do I? Hold on a second. <clears throat> Do I sound any closer now? A little bit. I think it's just the headphone thing is super weird for me. I don't know. Maybe I should take one of my ears off or something. <laughs> you could do that, or but you, you there's nothing coming out of the speaker, so... No, nothing is coming out of the yeah. speaker. Um, I can try to bump my voice for you a little bit if that helps you. How do, do you, I sound to you? You're great. Do you have a volume on your side by any chance? I took it off because my husband had something attached. Listen. Should <laughs> um, I go grab it and see if that helps? I mean, can you just try, like, you're on a computer, right? Oh, no, wait. I, no, no, wait. Hold on. Let me just, oh, it's just my volume. Just push the volume up. Okay, there we go. That works. I think you but may I do have... feel weird. I think I need to have one ear off because can... I feel like otherwise I just hear myself. You can take your pants off if you want. I don't care. <laughs> I can't see you. Do whatever you want. Hey, I think I'm. I think I'm fine. <laughs> okay. If it's disconcerting to you, we can just chat for a little bit before we start. If it it helps you get used to it. No, I think I'm just. I'm just gonna do one ear and okay. then um, the other one. You just up. pull the old timey radio thing and yes. uh, do that. I have stuffed animals piled up above the microphone because Basil is snoring next so close to me. I thought I'm trying to. I know. I'm kind of wondering if my dog will realize I'm home and then come over and then you'll hear like click, 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 like all across the floor. <laughs> we'll figure it out. It'll be great. Don't worry. 
there's no big lead up to this, so I just usually start talking. It's um, you'll just kind of introduce yourself any way you want to be known, and and we'll just go and and find the path for the conversation, and it'll it'll uh, it, it'll reveal itself. It always does. Okay, cool. Just go ahead and introduce yourself. All right, my name is Christina. I am Clayton's mom. Clayton was diagnosed with type one when he was two and a half, and he just turned four years old. For a year and a half now, you've been with diabetes. Yes. Okay. Any um, previous endo stuff in the family? Not at all. My grandma had type 2, and she had a lot of other health issues, but nothing at all from at either side at all. So, yeah, we just had blue. an awesome genetic makeup between my husband and myself, and <laughs> we produced this awesome kid that has type 1. Excellent. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming Clayton's fantastic, right? He's, yeah, super awesome. Yeah, there you go. It's perfect. And Clayton with a K? Yep, Clayton with a K. We have, we're from California, so the Bay Area here with the Golden State Warriors, we have Clay Thompson on our team, so we have that going similar. <laughs> and, and are we going to just outright say he's named after the basketball player or not? not he's a, not. Okay. I, we came up with Clayton, and then we had talked about nicknames, and then we were like, oh, that's kind of cool, and so. Do you call anyway. him Clay? I actually don't. It's kind of weird. My husband does more, but I don't. I tend to call him by his full name. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, like, I call him Jimmy. Like, you know, or something <laughs> completely offhanded. Okay, so I am trying to remember. You, you sent me this really cool email, I think, of Clay, a picture of Clayton eating ice cream. Was that right? Oh, yeah. 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 And, 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 um, and I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> this kid's just doing it the way we do it over here. You, you, you guys aren't restricting or... Um, like weird carbs, you're just trying to just trying to live a normal life, right? I we do. I mean, we definitely live like I would say a a healthy lifestyle. I just healthy, just all in moderation. I mean, I, we would do that if he was type one or not. Yeah. So you know, we definitely do you know family dinners at home, and then we go out to eat. And I mean, he loves McDonald's, and he asks for Subway all the time. And then there's other times when you know you have to have scrambled eggs, and you can have bacon, and you're not going to have a Pop-Tart, you know, that's just kind of a, a balance of what works, what numbers are looking like and what's better at that moment. What the situation kind of dictates sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Arden's been, she's had a head cold for the past couple of days. So last night was one of those nights where I just, it didn't seem to matter. I just kept giving her more insulin and more insulin and more and more and more, you know, nothing was working. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning and my wife was like, do you hear the beeping? And I was like, well, I was like, what? <laughs> Uh, and she's like, she's low. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, it took the better part of, you know, 10 hours. Like, I mean, I, I could, I basically held her blood sugar around 160 to 180 most of the evening. And, and I just knew one day, you know, one moment it was going to just go. And then it did. Yeah. And now she's at school now. She's, I think she ate lunch probably about a half an hour ago. Her blood sugar is 95. So I, I, I found a way to get it back. And trust me, there's some some crazy carbs in her lunch today. I actually gave her fruit snacks, uh, bagel, chips, carrots, grapes, juice box. There's some cookies in there. It's like a whole hodgepodge of it. It was like, do you ever, do you ever pack a lunch like that where you're just like grabbing things from drawers because you're late? You're like, here, <laughs> here, 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 here. Well, uh, still a little too long, young for lunch, but uh, or for me sending him with a lunch. But um, my own lunch, yes, of course, I love to eat just ingredients and not really actually prepare a full meal for myself. <laughs> As you're eating them, you're like, I've just consumed six different snacks and I'm calling it lunch. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But no, I think that's cool because 
you know, I mean, there's there's certain kind of like sections of, of the diabetes sort of population who thinks, you know, lower carb. And I've been never to my face yelled at, but I've, I've heard through the grapevine that I take some uh, I take some junk over the Internet sometimes for giving my kid carbs and uh, we're from, you know, or letting her, you know, eat pasta or bread or things like that. But I don't pay any attention to that. And I, I think I found a way to um, understand the insulin in a way that allows it to work. So Yeah, when I hear about the lunches that you give her, I'm like, I want to be able to do that. That's what makes me excited. <laughs> like, I'm like, I want to be able to do that. Well, cool. okay. So, I mean, it's to- it's so doable that it's just, you know, it, it really is. We had this thing the other, I think it was the other night, and everything just sort of got messed up. You, you know what I mean? Like there of was course, yeah. like the, her blood sugar started going up and then food came and then it was, you know, it's time for dinner and everything was just messed up. And I just, man, I'll tell you, I was literally proud of myself when it was over. And I, I just, you know, the, she was two twenty, and I gave her this big bolus and her blood sugar started falling, but then there was more food to be and I bolused again. And then she wanted more food and I bolused again. And like, it all worked out. And I just said that my wife was like, wow, that was crazy. And, and I was like, yeah, I was like, but in the end, if you just stop and kind of like pull it apart and look at it in pieces, their blood sugar needed a certain amount of insulin. The food needed a certain amount of insulin. And because I wasn't pre-bolusing the way I wanted to, I needed a certain amount of insulin to cover that. It just, from there, it's just having the nerve to actually bolus it, you know? Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit of knowledge and then, uh, a little bit of luck and sometimes things just work out for the best. And then those days when you feel like you're doing everything quote unquote right, or as you're supposed to, the carb count was exactly correct and nothing is, is right. It ends up being horribly wrong. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. And that's, I think the times when it can get frustrating as, you know, a caregiver. Oh, for sure. I got, I got lucky today because I sent her a text that said, I need you to bolus a half a unit. And she didn't see the text, and five minutes later, I realized I didn't want her to bolus the half of the unit. <laughs> <laughs> so I just texted her again, and I put arrows up. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> but it was just, yeah, and that was dumb luck. If I would have given her what I wanted, she would have been low before lunch. And it's hard to, I, I care for Clayton sometimes via text through to like my mom or mm-hmm. like to someone else. I mean, we kind of have it where I watch our son four days of the week. And then my husband has him two of the days and then he goes to a grandparent on the other day. So there's a lot of like, you're giving your opinion via just Dexcom information and then kind of what I think. And then I feel like sometimes it's just always easier when you're physically there, or at least for me, it is. I feel like I can be more bold with my decisions or I would do something differently if I were physically there. I don't want to make him drop super low if he's with my mom or things like that. So it's always, so you're, your ability to make an actual decision is not affected. Your ability to feel comfortable with what happens if it doesn't go right is affected. Exactly. And yeah. That makes sense. I mean, it, it, it really does. And I think because of his age, if nothing else, that, you know, it's not like at four years old, he's going to stand up and be like, Grandma, listen, I'm feeling a yeah. little low. You know, like, let's <laughs> just, and so, but you're using Dexcom, you said? Yeah, we got, I, when he was diagnosed and pretty much in the hospital, they had explained, you know, Dexcom to us. And that was something that I knew that I wanted immediately just for peace of mind. At mm-hmm. the time, he wasn't in preschool, but he was going to be going there in the fall. So we knew that, that was going to be something that we would need as a tool just for peace of mind to kind of have that information. That was something we wanted. Cool. Yeah, I actually, I mean, as great as that is, and that's how I ended up with an Omnipod, but, you know, thinking ahead to when Arden was going to leave for school. And I just thought, like, I don't want anybody giving her shots, so I'm going to. Like we'll get on a pump and like that was sort of the the main thing that got us moving on. I still think that 
um, whether you're going to preschool or college or sitting at home in your living room, having a glucose monitor and a pump is just, in my opinion, like it just gives you a lot of, uh, a lot of tools in a fight that's, you know, unfair to begin with. So it, it helps a little bit. I would definitely say in the beginning, it was, you know, kind of that overflow of information, mm-hmm. which kind of just, it's just something different. It's like, we yeah. didn't have this for 30 days and now we have it. And now, now what am I looking at all of these things? And so there was that, but then at the same time, I'm like, I, I can't, I feel so dependent on it. I can't be without it. I'm like, this kid needs to always be wearing it. I hate the two hour window. <laughs> there's never a good time. It's like, do I do it in the morning? But then there's right after breakfast. What if he goes low after that? Like, what do I do it after <laughs> dinner? But then he's sleeping and I got to poke him two times when he's sleeping. So I don't know. I just feel like I just want it to always be. Always yeah, yeah. It, it hits you eventually. You always hear, <laughs> so, you always see somebody say online, like, oh my gosh, you're like this happened at the worst time. And I'm like, there's no good time. There wouldn't have been a better time. Like, it's always a bad time, you know? And, well, you know, and I would say this to you, too, and I think as time goes on, that two-hour, like, refresh window even, you know, we had one the other night that was just, if I told you that Arden got up on Sunday, she had somebody sleep over, they had pancakes, 20 minutes into the pancakes, the CGM just quit. And... If I'm being fair, it was on its third week, so it did a good job. It it's not like it uh yeah not like it up and went on the fourth day. It was it, we were, geez, we were close to twenty days, maybe a little more. And so fair is fair. It's not going to work anymore. And I said to Arden, I'm like, great, well, we're going to have to swap this out now. And we did that. And then she left for the mall with her friend and my wife. And I said to my wife, I'm like, hey, look. And I grabbed Arden's phone and I was like, hey Siri, uh, set a timer for 45 minutes. And then I said to my wife, when that goes off, just test and then reset an alarm, you know, so you, so as soon as the DEX is ready to be calibrated, you're, you're testing again. And my wife said at 45 minutes in, she tested and her blood sugar was 117. So, you know, it, it ended up not being a big deal. It did at the yeah. end, her blood sugar started to trend up again, but we caught it, you know, with the next test and, you know, testing is if you test at the right time, it's a reasonable way to take care of things. It's just, you know, it's just not as, it's just not as intuitive of no, as knowing all the time. But I, I wanted to get back to what you said about the overload of information with the Dexcom. So I think what's interesting is, and I'm going to text Arden here because I would like her to bowl us a little more for lunch. I think what's interesting is that, I hope this doesn't sound harsh, but I've heard people say like, oh, I, I got a CGM. And then it was just such an overload of, of, um, you know, of, of information. It wasn't good for my mental health. And I always think like, well, I mean, yeah, I get that. Like I can see being overwhelmed by it and I can't even understand. Overwhelmed more than, you know, it's just something that's new. It's like, wow, I didn't, you know, all, I don't know what to maybe do with all of this or, you know, when it's so new that you're kind of like, okay, you know, now you're really seeing, you knew that there were spikes. You knew that maybe he was getting 300, but you didn't know. I mean, it's obviously good to know information is that's what's helpful. Yeah. And being able to see it when it happens, you can just react so much quicker with insulin. And, but, of course. but what I was going to say is that, and not that what you said wasn't completely valid, but what, what I was going to say is that I know some people's anxiety is worse than others. And I don't want to minimize that. I know, I know yeah. that that's it. But at some point in this life, you've, you've gotten this, you know, you've gotten a lifelong disease and you have to make a decision, like, where am I going to plant my flag and fight, right? Like, so if the anxiety of having the information is too much for me, you're probably trading, you know, a blindfold for that, for some sort of serious issue down the road. And so if you're going to have to fight a fight at some point, I'd rather fight the fight up front with my anxiety than I would down the road with like serious, like complications, if that makes sense or not. But 
you, you know, it's, it's understandable, but I don't think diabetes lends itself to like a cross that bridge when we come to it kind of mentality. I think you gotta, you gotta run out into the bridge, you know, waving, your, <laughs> wave, wave, waving your sword and see what happens. Um, sort of like the zombie apocalypse, I think, you know, I mean, cause they're going to get you eventually. So you might as well fight today. But <laughs> so I forget why you're even on the podcast. What's up? Why did you? <laughs> <laughs> there was really no specific reason. <laughs> I'm incredibly excited today to tell you about Dexcom. Now, Dexcom is a continuous glucose monitor, and those are a lot of big words. I don't know if you know what that means or not. I'm gonna tell you. Do you know what your blood sugar is right now? Do you have type one diabetes? Do you know what your blood sugar is right now? Do you have a child with type one diabetes who's in the next room or at school? Do you know what their blood sugar is right now? I know what my daughter's blood sugar is. It's 115 and it's nice and steady. It's been steady for the last three hours and kind of moving just gently between 90 and 115. How do I know that? I'm looking at an app on my iPhone. Now, if I had an Android phone, I could also look at an app there too. So I'm looking at my daughter's blood sugar from across town while she's at school. That's called the Dexcom Share. A continuous glucose monitor is exactly what it sounds like. It is a continuous, which means all the time ability to look at what your blood sugar is or what your loved one's blood sugar is. Being able to see a blood sugar and when it's moving and react to it, being able to react like that, that's the key to keeping your blood sugar where you want it. That's why her blood sugar is at 115 right now. It's why Arden's A1C has been between 5.6 and 6.2 for almost four years. Because we get a small announcement from the, from the Dexcom, hey, your blood sugar's on the way up, and we're able to just bump it back down again. There's no waiting until three hours to test to find out your blood sugar's 200 points higher than you think it is, and then, uh, then you're fighting with it all the time. The bumping and nudging that you hear me talking about on the podcast is possible with the Dexcom share and follow apps. It's, it's absolutely spectacular. I really do want you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to find out more about the Dexcom. You have to. Don't confuse it with any other continuous glucose monitor in the world. Dexcom is the absolute best. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. As soon as this episode is over, type that address into your browser or click the link in your show notes. You will absolutely be happy that you did. Please remember these results are mine and yours may vary. I forget what it's like to be with a toddler with diabetes. Is it, are you home those four days pretty solid with him? Yeah, I am. Um, so two of the days, let's see. Well, I mean, yeah, just overall. Yes, I, I am. So, um, yeah, toddler, let's see. Maybe we can go back to like diagnosis. Is yeah. that, hey, talk listen, about that? Tell me what you want to talk about. I'm talking about <laughs> it with you. So was it a regular old diagnosis or did you get like a funky one on vacation or did you get the um, bad doctor diagnosis? Which one did you get? Uh, all... We actually had a really good doctor experience um, overall just with doctors and then being at the hospital. But you no, know, Clayton actually just had a cold. So typical, just regular old cold. Mm -hmm. um, he He's kind of the type of kid where like things don't get me down, like I'll wipe my snot on my sleeve and I'll just kind of go about my day kind of a thing. So that was kind of how he'd been for about a week. Um, we were actually living with my parents at the time because we were doing some work on our house. And so my dad had made a comment like, I don't know, he seems like he's drinking a lot of water, don't you think? And I'm, you know, the kid's 
two and a half. So I'm like, I'm a proud parent. I'm like, he's hydrating. This is wonderful. This is so good. What do you mean? That's a bad thing. Dad, when you grew up, it was just a <laughs> take a handful of water at the hose. But nowadays we hydrate. And and uh, let me show you my $70 bottle, well, water bottle that I carry with me. Um, you, probably, you probably thought your dad was like, you were probably like, oh, look at this guy. He's so sweet. <laughs> Trying to tell me how to raise my kid. <laughs> so there, there was that. And then... Sorry, that's Arden's blood sugar going over 130. Okay. <laughs> so, so there was that. And then, um, let's see. He, along with that, obviously, so just logically thinking, there was a lot of excessive urination. And at that point, he wasn't fully potty trained. Mm-hmm. Um, and at nighttime, he had already worn a nighttime diaper because he just seemed to go more at that hour those hours anyway. Yeah. Um, but we're talking, we're talking bad. I mean, this would be up to his chest all through the diaper, through his sheet, just so much. Sometimes he'd wake up at like four in the morning, just totally just wet. It's like, well, of course you're not sleeping because you're probably <laughs> freezing and wet and cold. Um, so we just kind of attributed that. Okay. Got a cold. Once the cold goes away, he won't be drinking so much and then he won't be wetting the bed so much. So it was just a very logical, logical, regular cold. That's kind of how we took it. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was about a week and just wasn't getting any better. It was just kind of weird. And I was like, well, this isn't going away. And then, um, he's always had a really strong system. I mean, he never even spit up as a baby. So there was one night I got home from work and he just seemed really lethargic and he actually threw up at dinner. And so I knew I'm like, something is wrong. That's like, that's not him. Like that's way not outside like him. Of his so that was like the tipping point. So I had, it was actually going to be Friday the 13th because of course, so (laughs) his pediatrician doesn't actually normally work on Fridays, but I had gone, we have like an online web portal. You can like make your appointment. And so I went on there and he actually was working at a different location. I was like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, but I love his pediatrician. So like, well, that's great. We'll go see him. We'll set it up for early. Let's get it in there right away. And I had this really like weird thing happen. I don't, I'm not the type of like web MD parent or Mm -hmm. person for sicknesses but i was on i made his appointment and i all of a sudden i don't know if it was like a web banner at the top or like something on the side of the web page but it was just, just this i was brought to it it was like diagnostic diagnosis in alphabetical order and i just kind of started scrolling and all of a sudden i got to excessive thirst type 1 diabetes and i click on it and it's like verbatim exactly everything that he had and i'm like oh my god i'm like i just knew at that moment, that like that's what it was, and so I showed my husband, and he, of course, he was like, "Why are you looking at these things? <laughs> like, you're get off just, the internet? You know, like, no, why? Why? <laughs> no, you know, obviously." And so I was like, "Okay, well, I'm like, I I will go into the appointment just regularly. If the doctor doesn't say anything, then I'll bring it up and I'll ask." You know, I didn't want to be like going in like marching, and this is what I think because I, I wasn't sure. You know, I kind of had a feeling, mm-hmm. but so I took him the next day and. um you know, kind of had gone over with the symptoms and all that kind of stuff. And I could tell his pediatrician was cautious with what he wanted to tell me. Like he was kind of treading lightly, but that, you know, what you're saying sounds like diabetes. And I said, I know. And he pretty much, I think he like breathed a sigh of relief, like, okay, well let's do this then. We're going to poke him. We're going to see what's going on. And so the nurse, um, she obviously poked his finger and Clayton just sitting there like watching my phone on you know, like his lap, he's like oblivious to everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, and he comes back in and says, well, do you know what it was? And I'm like, um, how would I know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't even know what it would mean anyway. (laughs) Like, well, you know, his sugar, it was over 500. 
And I'm like thinking, oh, okay, I don't even know what that is. Right. But all right. And he's like, so, you know, call your husband. You guys are going to probably, you will, you're going to go stay at the hospital for the weekend. So go home and pack your bag and I'll call it in and <laughs> go, go to, we actually were in the Bay Area in um, California. So we actually were sent to Stanford. And so, yeah, he called it in and we just went right through the ER. We had an appointment. I don't know. I guess that, that's how it works. And I, we walked in and they just took us through and, that, and we stayed there for a weekend. I laughed earlier because when you said, he, he said, you know what this sounds like, diabetes. I, I, I would have, I just thought of, in my mind, you said back to him, oh my God, do you have the internet too? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I definitely thought that too. This is great. I used WebMD and uh, they told me all about it. Uh, well, that's. All right. Not terrible. It sounds pretty good. It reminded me of when we went to the hospital with Arden and we went to the front desk. It was in the middle of the night. And my wife goes, um, she goes, how can I help you? And my wife says, our daughter has type one diabetes. And then she waited for us to say something else like, and we need this or because of that. And my wife goes, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, we're diagnosing her ourselves. It's not, it's not, she doesn't, and then everybody got flustered for a second, and, and the woman behind the counter looked at us like, "Oh, you, you poor people who have been on the internet, right, and think that you know what's going on. We're doctors; we'll take care of this." You, you know, um, but there was just this moment of confusion where she just was like, it, "There was just it was stupid to be perfectly honest," and I was tired and freaked out. Well, okay, so now did you leave the hospital with? I mean, you said they started talking about Dexcom pretty soon. Yeah, so we. We were so we were admitted through the ER. We stayed there until uh, yeah, I don't know whatever. And then they brought us to the PICU, mm-hmm. and then we were there for I don't know what felt like forever because that was the hardest part. You know, while they're just they forced him. I didn't know they're like, okay, now he needs to fast, and you're like, excuse me, the poor kid's asking me for water, and why can't he have something? And you're telling a two and a half year old, I'm sorry, sweetie, as he's like plugged into the IVs and has no idea what's going on. That was a hard part. But so eventually, I I call it the normal floor. I don't even know what the normal floor is. But once we got moved to that floor where we just started the education and he was in his, you know, own room and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we learned, you know, he, we got his chart, you know, his insulin to carb ratio and his all that kind of stuff. And one from here, one from here, add it together. And here's how to load a syringe. And they taught us on syringes. I wish they would have done the whole pen thing at the hospital. Right. Um, but you know, it's okay. I understand they, they want you to know, how to use the needles. Just. Well, also, too, if your insurance won't cover the pens, I don't think they want to show you a world that you're not allowed to be into. You know, That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So let me just make a note here because I'm going to call this episode the normal floor. <laughs> there we go. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So, the, yeah, they started with the needles. Did you have to give it into a towel or a banana or something like that at first? Oh, teach God, no. I think it? it was like, I'll show you once. Here, you do it now. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. they just let you jab yes. the kid right away, huh? Exactly. Yeah. They were like, yeah, you need to do this. That's pretty much how it was. I think I and had to inject. And to be honest, I wanted to, I, we wanted to get out. It's like, we didn't, I'm like, when can we leave? We don't want to be here anymore. Like, how many more people? Like I said, because at Stanford, there's a lot of doctors and people coming through. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't know if it's like a teaching facility or whatever, but I mean, we'd get like six people at once coming through. You kind of feel like a little test. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. Even on the normal floor? Yeah, on the normal floor. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that you said that. By the way. <laughs> I don't know what it so. means either because there's PICU, there's NICU, there's cardiac, there's heart, there's, and then there's where everyone else is. Well, they don't call it everyone anything. else goes to the normal floor. That's I guess what it so. is. <laughs> okay. You're fantastic. <laughs> Seriously, you're delightful. If your husband ever falls off a cliff and my wife does too, I'm calling you. That was just the, <laughs> the most delightful thing anyone's ever said is the normal floor, I think. So, um, okay, so you got out of there. You pushed him to get out of there pretty quickly? 
Um, well, I mean, I don't, I, I just wanted to, I don't, I don't think they let us out any earlier. <laughs> they weren't listening to you at all. <laughs> Not at all. If you believe me, there were moments when my husband was like, you need to be nicer to her. She's just the nurse. I'm like, well, I didn't even think I had attitude with her, but you know, you're fighting for your kids. So, you know, if something's not making sense or whatever, you're going to kind of have your tone and I already have a tone anyway. <laughs> do you think that your like nerves or fear, do you think that's how it came out of you a little bit? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were like two moments when I cried. I think once was in his pediatrician's office when he said, call your husband. And I just like started to cry mm -hmm. just because I felt bad for Clayton. I just, you know, I didn't, I knew there was going to be something different for him. Obviously I didn't know exactly what, what at the time, but there was that moment. And then the moment when he was kind of like begging to me to get him something, you yeah. know? Yeah. When, when he wanted the, the food. Two. The and then, other than that, it was pretty much like, this is what it is. We need to learn what we have to do. And then we need to just power forward because this is life. And so. so what's your finding been in the last 18 months is, is Clayton's life the big different thing that you thought it was going to be or not, or not really? Not really. Yeah. No, not, not really too much. Um, we, I was actually pretty, they, the doctors and Stanford, they really wanted him on the pump immediately. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty much like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we, <laughs> on a second, we just got all this going on. Right. Like I don't like, it was just, to be honest, the vanity kicks in and the idea of my kid having tubes made me feel like he was sick. And I just didn't want that. Like, it was just not something that was like, I just, I just didn't even want to deal with that. I'm totally putting the ad for the Omnipod right here. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, <God. laughs> and we were fine. Actually, Clayton didn't fight shots. He was, I mean, I'm not saying he was fine because I'm sure he wasn't fine with it, but he, it's not like he was running away, crying, screaming every time we needed to do it. Right. So... There was that. But at the same time, because he was so young, we couldn't, pre they did want us to pre-bolus, even with shots. Um, but we weren't able to, it was, I needed the distraction of the meal in front of him to be able to give him his insulin. Okay. Because being so young, he just wasn't cool with me being like, okay, here's your shot. Now let's wait 20 minutes and toddlers don't want to wait for anything anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think just over time we realized like, we're not going to be able to get better control unless we're on a pump system. And so it was kind of at that moment that clicked for me. And then I think I was okay with the idea of tubes or whatnot. We, we liked the Omnipod. My husband felt that it was just too big for our son. Mm -hmm. But when we went to clinic, like, you know, we kind of saw the test one and we're like, Oh, maybe it's not like, maybe it'll be fine. And then my husband was like, I don't want to have, I like, I want him on the Omnipod. Like this is the one I want him to have. Oh, is that the and one you he, went with? Yeah. So oh. yeah, he's on the Omnipod right now. He's totally where the ad's going. Omnipod, baby, we're going to talk about the best insulin pump in the world, and we're going to talk about it in simple, simple terms today. You have a car? You ever need gas? You did, right? You went to the gas station. Maybe you got out, you took the little hose, you stuck it in the side of the car, you squeezed the thing, and the gas went in the car. Maybe somebody pumped it for you. Maybe you live in New Jersey. Anyway, New Jersey pumps gas. They don't let you pump it. That, that's the point there. Nevertheless, can you imagine if you could only drive as far as that hose went? If you were always stuck to that gas pump? If you couldn't get away from it, no matter what, and if you did, if you said, oh, I have to go a little farther than this hose will reach, I'm gonna have to disconnect from this hose. You're gonna drive away and run out of gas. Then what? Is that what you wanna do? Do you wanna be driving around stuck to a gas pump your whole life? You do not. That would be silly. It would actually be patently ridiculous. Now, maybe there was a time in the past when that was all the technology would allow you to do, is be attached to your gas pump while you were driving around. But that's not today. Today, technology exists that's better. 
Tubeless insulin pumps, for instance, are way better than tubed insulin pumps, in my opinion, because you're not attached to something else. Why do I want to be attached to something just so I can get my insulin? Why do I want to have to unattach from it to take a shower or go swimming or play a sport? I don't want to do that. You need your insulin. You need it all the time. You don't need it most of the time. You don't need it some of the time. You need it constantly. I do not want you to feel attached. I want you to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and find out what freedom feels like. I absolutely love Omnipod and I think you will too. When you said he thought it looked bigger at first, was that online? I, yeah, maybe just on pic- pictures of kids or maybe on a picture of an adult and like, well, Clayton's so tiny. He's, you know, three, you know, or and whatever. Like, how is this going to fit on his body? And we knew that. And then actually, I think that maybe we cut out a little like test size one or like we saw the size of what it would be and kind of put it on him. And we realized that it's pretty much the same size as the Dexcom right. overall. Yep. I know that the it pod itself is more. bigger, but like the tape on the Dexcom takes up the big you know, real estate. So in that regard, it's kind of the same. No, I know what you so. mean. The, the, the kind of circumference of the, the entirety of where it's touching you is pretty much exactly. similar of the two things. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. That's, that's where I go. Well, good for you. You thought your way through it, got through some of your fears. And have you found it so far? You, so six months, are you getting finer control? Are you able to start pre-bolusing and make adjustments and things like that? I would I would say like the first, th- the in the beginning, <laughs> our numbers were worse. And I was really upset that it's like, why are, like, things are supposed to be better. Happens why is it not going better? So there yeah. was that, probably those moments in the beginning. And then things started to get better. Yeah. Um, and then we were able to really start to pre-bolus. I think around probably that time is when I found podcast. So hearing about, you know, pre-bolusing and all of that kind of stuff. And so, and I had already known the term, but I mean, just maybe the importance of it, hearing people talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, and we're really, I mean, you know, we're able to use the iPad as a distraction. So we're really able to pre-bolus pretty well for, I would say meals. It's snacks that are like nearly impossible. Like I said, toddlers don't want to wait. It's very hard for me to him to be like, oh, I'm hungry. I want a snack. And then, okay, can you please wait 20 minutes? So yeah. there's a lot of times where I can't really get control of that. But then there's also times where he has snacks that don't really have carbs. Like, well, then maybe you can have cheese and, you know, salami or something like that. So we kind of do, we try to balance it out. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. So when you have a snack come up and it seems immediate and you have trouble telling him like you need to wait, right? So do you see a high or a spike after that? Yeah, for okay. sure. And so do you end up correcting afterwards for the spike? Oh yeah. I don't wait. I mean, yeah, that's the thing with, you know, shots is that you were you were waiting and you were seeing 300 right. or you're seeing high on the Dexcom for hours until like you're allowed to then. Yeah. We tend to give, um, we just punch the numbers. We definitely test him before every meal. And then when we feel necessary in terms of finger pokes, mm-hmm. but I'll definitely use the Dexcom to punch in the number, see what the Omnipod, his PDM says. And if it suggests to give, I really have a struggle though, I would say with IOB. <laughs> Like understanding it, how valuable. Oh, so it's more so I, I struggle with when to trust it. There's times where I feel like it could say 0.9 is left, and that does jack for him. Nothing. It doesn't even move it one like flick of a anything. And then there's times where 0.15 will be like either he's going to be okay or low. Like yeah. where that makes all of the difference, and it's so hard. Like when can I trust it and when not? And so that's I think part of what I 
just kind of need to learn. Maybe it's also about his insulin that he takes and then also how long it's actually working versus what's inputted into his meter. Right. Because those numbers are all just sort of arbitrary. Like whatever your insulin action time is in your pump. I mean, do you really know that that's true? No. And that's how the insulin on board (laughs) decision is being made. So I would say this insulin on board, blah, 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 whatever. What I would trust is your knowledge of your son. So if, if I knew, and this is a good place to say this right here, right, Christina, yeah, nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. But if I was going to have to give a snack in a moment when I didn't think, um, I didn't have time to pre-bolus the food. And then I knew later it was probably going to go up and, you know, and I saw after, you know, had a bunch of experiences, let's say it's a, a certain snack the snack calls for a unit of insulin, but later I'm giving another unit to fix a high. In my mind, I just put the two units in and then let them eat the snack. Yeah. Because then that extra insulin can fight. How, how do I explain this? So when you pre when you pre bolus, you're giving the insulin a head start uh, on the food. But when you don't pre bolus, the food gets a, pre, a head start on the insulin. But if you put yeah. in so much insulin that it can knock down the head start, then you sort of end up back at even again. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's just part of just, you know, time being bold, right? Mm -hmm. And just kind of making it, you know, those, you're kind of guessing, right? Those just decisions on if I'm going to do double the amount or one and a half times or whatever you're going to decide to do and then just cope that it works. And if it doesn't, then you know for next time. That's just kind of how. Well, yes and no, right? You're, you're guessing. You're guessing in, in the, in a loose term of guessing. But here, look, I've been married for 20 years. Uh, if my wife asks me to do something and I don't do it, she gets mad at me later. <laughs> if she asks me to do something and I willfully in my head decide I'm not going to do that, I know she's going to be mad at me later. Am I guessing? Or, do, or <laughs> am I guessing that she's going to be mad at me later? Or have I lived through it enough times where I'm pretty sure I'm right? And so that's sort of how when I talked about earlier and I was kind of loose about the details of it. But you know, Arden had a high, a raised blood sugar before a meal and I gave her the insulin for the raised blood sugar, the insulin for the food she was eating and extra amount of insulin because I wasn't pre-bolusing correctly. And it all worked out fine because I've lived through that situation enough to know that this amount of insulin will take care of this high blood sugar. This amount of insulin is going to take care of that food and not pre-bolusing correctly is going to cause her blood sugar to want to go up. 150 or 200 points and this is the amount of insulin that needs to take care of that and just boom push it all in now and it all works yeah. and now again i always say this without a dexcom i'm not nearly that bold right of course yeah and yeah. and so um but being able to say i'd much rather see her be 67 two hours from now than 267 that i'm comfortable saying you yeah, know what i mean battling highs i was doing it yesterday and it, we kind of have like a I don't know. Maybe like a cold that was on the tail end. I don't know. Something mm-hmm. something was happening. It was. Oops. But you just bolus. You just kept going, right? Do you use temp basils yeah, to try to bring the highs down too? I do use temp basil, and also, I mean, I don't know if it's because I've heard you talk about you use percentages. Um, you know, like seventy five percent or mm-hmm. whatever more. I don't know. Maybe because he's so tiny. I mean, his basal rate is only either 0.05 to 0.15. So we can't do a percentage of, of that, right? I can't really do. So I normally have to just do it as. You know, point one or point, I No, that's fine. Know. Yeah, there, there's a setting in the PDM. You can either make those temp basal decisions by percent or by unit. I think. Um, and so I wasn't I, sure if the Omnipod could go that tiny in a percent. Could I do a twenty percent increase of or a point five? Even yeah. Yeah, it can't. I don't think it can. Yeah, exactly. And actually, in Arden's one of the Arden's basals right now is like one point one zero, 
an hour. And so there's certain percentages of it. It can't split up correctly. Yeah. So I'm actually, I've considered recently changing it from percent to the other, but in the end, it's, you know, uh, in the end, I think adding basil and bolus sometimes is a combination just works better on a high blood sugar. Yeah. And God knows, I don't know why, obviously, because I'm, I'm just a guy doing a podcast, but I, you know, but I, it seems to work. I mean, I've seen it work enough times to know that I would, if I, let's say I was going to bolus four units to bring a high down. I know that I'd much rather double her one unit an hour basal rate to two units an hour and bolus four units. And somehow there's still five units going in, but it seems to work yeah. better. And I think that if you stop and think about it, your body and my body probably excretes a certain amount of basal insulin to keep, you know, our body functions, keeping us level. And then when we eat foods that are, you know, um, I don't know, easier on us than some others, I'm sure that our basal probably is adjusted by our, by our body as well. You know, so just because normally between two and four in the afternoon, a 0.5 basal rate works, doesn't mean it's going to work. I don't know, after, you know, some sort of, uh, I don't know, stress or a bagel or something weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might, you might just need yeah more. I tend to have a lot of, um, sometimes when I can't get the basils right, or I feel it's a basil issue, because uh, sometimes after after his lunch, he takes a pretty long nap that kind of runs into dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, that so sounds amazing, a lot of by time, the way. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what? That sounds like, take, you mean I could take a nap after lunch that would go right <laughs> into dinner? That'd be amazing. <laughs> Your kid it's, is like sometimes the it's almost a three-hour nap. I oh seriously hope it never goes away. And let's I'm fearing all it's almost think. Gone. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but let's all think about what a three-hour afternoon nap would be like. That's delightful. Okay, and I'm he's sorry. so cranky sometimes when he gets up. I really don't. He's understand. ungrateful. <laughs> he's ungrateful, Christina. That's what it is. He, if he knew better, he would. He'd be much more grateful. Trust me. Twenty years from now, he'll he'd appreciate that afternoon nap. I'll but, remind him yeah, of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll care what you think. <laughs> so there's times where you know we have lunch and it seems you know it maybe it has a spike it comes down and it's fine and then all of a sudden while he's napping it just it's rising and it's going it's going it's going mm-hmm. and it's way up and it's going crazy so it's like enough time has passed where i don't really think that it was the food but is it the basil i don't know it seems like the basil would have to be so much higher or maybe it was the type of food that's just affecting him later like i tend to have the struggle sometimes also with dinner as well well i would say you know in the situation of the nap it's, you know, the possibilities are so endless about why his blood sugar could be going up. I'm just, I would just give him insulin, you know? And, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, we yeah. do. And so, no, that's the thing is that sometimes, so the being bold, sometimes I just automatically give double because it's on the rise. And mm-hmm. I know that it's just not going to, I've done the whole, okay, I'll give 0.5 because that's what it says. Right. Then I'm in there 20 minutes later giving another 0.3 or whatever. And then I'm just doing that for hours and hoping to, that we can at least get it down before dinner because then I just have to feed him again. So. You were like, you were like, you were like my proudest disciple. <laughs> I just, I was going to tear up when you said that. I was like, that's amazing. That's exactly what you need to do. You, you know, so, and it's, it's simple. It's a simple idea. The blood sugar is already going up. As great as the Dexcom is, it's still behind actual time in your body, right? So if it says 132 diagonal up, it's likely if you tested, your blood sugar might be higher than that. Um, it's, it's at least got a, it's got a, a head start on you, and now the insulin could take what? I mean, you know, in everybody's different, but the insulin could take 15, 20 minutes, a half an hour to really start working on you. And if you let that, if you think that, okay, 132 diagonal up, let's say that the insulin starts working in 20 minutes, and you're rising at, I don't know, two points per minute, 
then 20 minutes from now, you're going to be 40 points higher. Now your 120 diagonal up is 160 diagonal up. Yeah. And now the insulin's finally starting to work, but you only gave enough insulin for the 120. What about the other 40 points? And what about the <laughs> other... coming down, yeah. Yeah, and what about the other 40 points that are going to come while the insulin really kind of kicks in and gets working? Please. You just, we should stop the podcast right here. And it's not going to be called The Normal Floor. It's going to be called Christine's Fabulous. Christina, Christina is fabulous. That's what this podcast is now called. That's awesome. I I'm, love all of those I'm options. I'm taking a drink. Hold on a second. I'm so damn proud at the moment. I don't really know what to do. So, you know, it really is, you know, I'm getting, I'm coming up on, yours will come out later, but I'm coming up on 100 episodes for the podcast. And this might end up being episode, I don't know, 110 by the time it comes out. But I'm getting ready to sit down and sort of thoughtfully talk about what the podcast has been so far and what I'm hoping it's going to continue to do. And I'm going to go back and do what I think people will, will know, basically. I'm going to do director's cuts of a few of the episodes that people talk about being the most beneficial for them. Oh, yeah. So I'm actually going to put a track on. I'm going to sit here by myself, listen to the podcast, and then talk over the podcast because... You just love yourself that much. No. Well, well, that's true, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I've learned so much doing the podcast since the first time I put that out. Like, I almost want to hear... I don't think that advice back then is probably as good as it could be now. Yeah. But, but people go back to that, and of course, nothing's actually advice, Christina, because this is a podcast. <laughs> course, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just not talking. A, go talk to a doctor. Don't leave <laughs> me out of it. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that would be really interesting. I wonder what I've learned since I said what I said. Y- yeah. y- you know what I mean? So, because this podcast has been, you know, for all the really great notes and people like you who are like, oh my God, it's really helping me and all that stuff. I mean, I think the the not so dirty little secret of the podcast is it's helping me as much as it's helping everybody else, Be, you know, because I get to sit down once a week and thoughtfully just talk about this stuff and kind of rehash it. And, and even sometimes while I'm talking, I'll be like, oh, wow, that makes more sense today than it did when it was happening to me even, you, yeah. you know, so that's why it's been really valuable for, for, for me, I guess, at least. And, I'm actually uh, going backwards in your podcast. I don't know. I mean, where I found it, I kind of just listened to the first or like the, the most recent episode. And then because you put them out so frequently, I kind of just listened to that one and then I go backwards. Am I getting so, stupider as you're listening? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hear, you know, ones that I'm excited to hear when I eventually get there. I don't want to go find them because I just want to go in order. But there's, um, yeah, there's definitely ones that I, I'm excited to, to listen to once I finally like, come upon it. You so, gotta, yeah, you've got to tell me. right now or something. Are you down to 70? You've got to tell me when you're done. I must have been terrible at it in the beginning. I really need to know. You'll have to email Let's me. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me know. Like, wow, you were terrible at this in the beginning. And so, you know, has your wife ever been on? Uh, she and I don't talk. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's enough. We've been together a long time. There's no reason for us to sit down and talk. Okay. <laughs> no, and, you know, it's one of those odd things that like we're married. <laughs> We've known yeah. each other a really long time. She thinks I'm an idiot. Like she's like, she's not going to listen to me. And so, no, I just, we have a very kind of, I don't know. A com- I guess it's a, I don't know how to put it. Our relationship is comical. She would just come on and make fun of me for an hour. So it just, well, that it, might be great for the listeners. Yeah. Well, good for I you guys. Like her point of view. That's why I her point of view is I'm an idiot and I'm getting lucky. That's there. I've, I've filled it. I tell you this is exactly what she's going to say. No, I just, I don't know. It's one of those odd things that I, I don't want to risk getting into an argument <laughs> with my wife about how I take care of my daughter's diabetes <laughs> because she's a real, as I said, my wife is a 
is a is a is a strong, bright woman who has her own thoughts. And trust me, if our roles were reversed, she'd be doing just as well with Arden's type one and probably doing things completely differently. You'd probably come on here and hear her tell you how frustrating it is for me to say things like just give her another in- uh, unit because I feel like that's the thing to do yeah. <laughs> because she because she's a real type A person. She wants to know why. And I can relate. Yeah. yeah. I get that. <laughs> but Christina, here's the real secret. I don't know why. Like like you know like if I if I knew why I'd write it down and I'd tell her. I'm not I'm not trying to mess with her. You, you know so I just don't know why I know the vibe I get from this and I know how to do it. And it works. But to tell somebody, that's why the podcast ends up being so valuable because you can listen to the conversations and glean from it what you need. If I sat down and just tried to be like, here's the instruction book for this idea, I would not be the person to give that information. I'm not good at that. You know what I mean? But I think that the way I am good at this translates very well to real life because I feel badly for people who I hear like um, they're keeping logs and writing things down and say, you know, like going back and looking at, I just, my brain does not work like that. And it sounds like a lot of time. You, you know what I mean? And I'm so already I have a question very busy. About, I have a question about Arden. Um, so now I know that you probably mostly are the caregiver, but does she take on any of it or does she have any, or is she just, too young and doesn't have to worry about that as of now. So I I would say this. I would say that our theory about diabetes has definitely been handed off slowly and that the passage of time will teach her. And I see that absolutely happening. It it happens little bits at a time, um, day after day in ways that sometimes aren't even completely visible or quantifiable, but she gets better at this all the time. Have I ever sat down and said to her, hey, when this happens, you'll do this and you better remember for next time because of that? N- never. But yeah. but have I texted her and said, hey, your blood sugar is 160 diagonal up. What do you think we should do? Or what do you think I'm going to say? And she'll say something like, oh, I think you're going to say this. She's usually pretty close. Yeah. So I, I take that as an indication that my idea that we're passing it off slowly is working. I know there are plenty of people who are like, they just give it to their kids and like, here, they'll take care of it. But for me, the difference between, you know, like, listen, if your 12 year old is managing their type one without a bunch of lows and has their A1C around eight, that's an amazing accomplishment. Like it really, really is. I'm not willing to teach it in a way that has her A1C two points higher than I can keep it. But at the same time, I totally recognize that she needs to be able to do this. So it's a, you know, listen, if I get hit by a car tomorrow, she's in trouble. Like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, she'd be like, I don't know what to do. But I'm going on the idea that I'm probably going to, I'm at least healthy enough to live five more years. You got to think, you you know, so, um, I mean, though I look at myself and maybe not Christina, but I, but I think I can, I think I can make it five more years. Right. And so, and so I think that, you know, by the time she, you know, by the time she's in high school, and she's obviously not going to want me to be this involved, and I'm not going to want to be this involved. But I think she'll be mature enough to handle it. And when she's not, at least we'll still have this system of going back and forth. So, I mean, it, I guess everybody will think of it differently. For me, you know, if, if Arden, I don't even know, like I don't want to undervalue or overstate another disease. But if Arden got, you know, some weird disease where she had to have a, 
a breathing machine constantly or, you know, a heart monitor with her or something like that. Like I would not have just handed it to her when she was three and been like, good luck. You yeah. Go, go get them. You, you know what I mean? So it's working out fine so far until it doesn't work. And then I'll have to get on here and be like, wow, that did not go well at all. But for now, it seems like it's going about the way I imagine it should have. And, you know, we'll see. It's uh, puberty's. It's here. So oh, thing, things are going to more ways sideways. Than one. <laughs> yeah, things are going to be totally sideways in a little bit. Um, but then I'm just going to keep going the way we're going. And if she gets resistant to my, um, you know, if she gets resistant to my involvement, maybe that is what make, will make her kind of speed up on her end. Like, I've just always been like that with my kids. It's, you know, and my son just got his driver's license last week. And he couldn't park his car to save his life. He could drive it <laughs> fine, right? He could drive on the highway. He could drive in traffic. He's completely fine. He got to a parking lot. And I was like, it's like the first time he's been in the car. And, you know, and so he went and got his license and he passed the test. And um, he brought, he was during the day at school and he's a junior in high school and he brought me home. And I said, just drop me off and go back to school. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, just go, you know, you'll be fine. And I got in the car with him yesterday maybe five days removed from him getting his license and we went somewhere and he's like, I'm going to drive. I'm like, great. And got in his car and we drove and he parked the car perfectly. And I was like, see every moment I worried about whether or not he'd be able to park this car is wasted. You, you, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. stop and think of all the things that people do. And I mean, you know, I used to, I, I used to have this friend whose kid was a, a little developmentally delayed with his speaking. And I remember saying to her one time, do you know any adults that don't speak? I was like, it'll be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like he'll figure it out. Like, like it, it's coming. Maybe it's not the day you wanted it to happen, but it's coming. And I don't know. I could be 100% wrong. I know people who have adult kids with type 1 who I don't think agree with what I'm doing. So, you know, I think they think that it's, it's here, it's yours, and go with it. But I would also say to them... If their kids are in their 20s, their kids were doing shots in a meter and the expectations or even the ability to keep blood sugars this stable was not as is not as prevalent as it is now. You know what I mean? I just wonder if because you have such good control the way, you know, you're doing it for her that once eventually that baton gets kind of passed and if if you see it not at the same level maybe you had it, is then that going to cause you know, you don't want to jump back in or at that point, do you just have to let it go and let her do her own thing? I I'm, think that's kind of part of that parent. Yeah. That, yeah. You know. I, I think in my imagination, the way that would go would be, I assume she'd ask for assistance if she wanted it. Yeah. And I assume that if, you know, as the person who's given everything of who he was to raising a child in his life, if I saw it getting completely out of control, I would probably, you know, gracefully say, Hey, look, you know, you seem to be struggling a little bit here. You know, is there anything that you could, you know, I could help you talk through and, and maybe we can figure it out. Who knows? Maybe she'll come on the podcast when she's a teenager and, and it, like you're calling now, or like sometimes people get on and they're like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. Maybe she'll get on and say, Hey, I don't know what's going on with this. And we'll talk it through because I, again, I don't, I, I, I the podcast should be called Scott doesn't really know very much because <laughs> I'm not great at this. I've just been doing it a long time. You, you know what I mean? I was terrible at this when she was diagnosed. I was bad at it for years. Really, really bad at it. And and um, her outcomes were not great. And 
then all of a sudden one day all the experiences just sort of added up to like a clarity and i it sounds completely trite and ridiculous but it's like in that movie the matrix which at this point my son's never actually seen and maybe most people don't know about but there's that moment when neo just stops those bullets in the air and he's like <laughs> oh my god this is what the guy has been saying and you know like and so i feel like that now like nothing happens with diabetes that throws me anymore yeah. And and so and everyone that the secret is is that everyone who's not as far into it as I am, you're all gonna get to this spot. But my goal with the podcast was to just get you there faster if that was possible. Yeah. You know That's what I mean? encouraging. Yeah, it'll be fine. Or a car will hit you. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Christina, listen, you you're not in control of the world. Whatever happens, happens. Um you no, know, I really think it's like seriously, I, I think it it's coming for everybody. But I think the real danger is is that some people's Path is longer and it's harder. And what you see when you look at the community in, gen- in, in in a whole is that some people blow a tire before they get to the end of the race and they pull over and that's where they're stuck forever then. You, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't want people to get stuck at, you know, any number of bad spots where, you know, I didn't understand how insulin worked or I didn't understand pre-bolusing. Like if I would have stopped moving forward the day before I understood pre-bolusing, Arden's A1C would be nine and a half. Yeah, you know, and and so we kept going and kept learning. And hopefully, I'll keep learning more stuff, and I can keep coming back and sharing what I figured out. You know, until I don't know, until something better than podcasting comes out. But <laughs> you know, well, and hopefully, obviously, technology will just get better as time goes on, which will just be helpful for everyone. Yeah, they, I, I genuinely believe that too. And and to be honest, this podcast is nothing more than a phone call. Like it, <laughs> like it really is. It's you know, I used to I talk to a lot of people privately, and. There was just this one day when I was like, wow, I bet you if other people could have heard what this person and I just said to each other, it would have been valuable for them. And then I was like, oh, how could that happen? <laughs> Such a <laughs> magical what a magical <laughs> idea. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, people are listening to this. This is cool. You, you <laughs> and know, and, and, all that kind and, of and then I was like, dear Omnipod, you want to put an ad on a podcast? And they were like, right on. And I was like, get out of here. That's crazy. These are just my phone calls. And so, so what I really need to do is get somebody to sponsor my phone calls. That would oh, be a, oh. I would make a mint there. I'm on the phone a lot. <laughs> I don't even mean with people with diabetes. I just mean in general. Can you imagine if you called my house <laughs> and you heard, hello? And then all of a sudden a voice kicked in and went, this, this phone call is sponsored by Omnipod. <laughs> That's for sale if anybody wants like to buy it. Line? That's like a thing still? I don't know if that's a thing, but I would totally sell that if it was. Uh, it'd be great. Like, can you imagine you called someone's house and you oh, you heard this ding and then it was like, if you need a soft mattress, call 1-800. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden the person you called was there. I, by the way, I'm patenting that idea right now. No one steal that. <laughs> great. All yours. Yeah, yeah. You're not excited to get into the phone call <laughs> advertising game, Christina? Are you sure? I just have a cell phone. Whenever they write, put your home on. I'm like, I don't have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> How is it living in the most beautiful place in the world? I've, I'm born and raised, so yeah. it's amazing to me. I don't get why anyone would ever want to leave, and I totally get why people want to come over here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, the other day, my son's been, uh, we think he's probably going to play baseball in college. Uh, but he's 5'11". So he's a very good player, but he's 5'11". So I, that might sound... Is that short for baseball? It's short for, it's short for some people. So, okay. so he basically is a really good student, so he's been kind of focusing on sort of the higher academic schools. Um, and, you know, he, he, he spent his whole winter going around working out all over the Northeast, and he's fairly comfortable that a few schools care enough about him, he'll probably get a place to play and go to school. Good schools. 
But the other day, excuse me, I said to him, I was like, you know, Pomona is a great school <laughs> and it's warm there. I was like, you want to just yeah, <laughs> email the coach and be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and my wife will actually, if my son ends up going to college in California, my wife will kill me. I should not even put that in the podcast. <laughs> she does not want him to go that far away, I don't think. But I just feel like, you know, it's so, I just, like, I, there's an, in my imagination, there's this tension in my spine that would go away if I live somewhere warm. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but that's how I, I guess. I mean, when it's cold, cold to me is like 55 and it's like freezing. Yeah, you got <laughs> pants on, like a sweatshirt and everything. Oh, yeah. Lighting <laughs> things on fire. And, you know. um, so tell me a little bit about your, the breakdown between you and your husband. Uh, do you, does one of you have, uh, you know, is one of you more involved in the diabetes than the other one? I would say in the beginning, we were definitely, you know, both doing everything and both, you know, bouncing, I guess, ideas off and making decisions together, probably because we were scared to, for one person to make any, any one decision. Right. And then over time, I think it just naturally progressed to where I do it more. Um, I think that just kind of has to happen. I think that it, sometimes too many cooks in the kitchen, it just doesn't really work out too well. Um, on days when, like I said, my husband does solely watch him for the two days that I am at work. So he makes all of those decisions. It's not like he's calling me asking me, what should I do? So he definitely knows how to care for him 100% when he's with him on those days. And then when they're my days, um, I'm the one that's kind of in charge doing what I do. When I feel that I find like tips and tricks or like something that maybe I've learned and like, oh, we should implement this. This is how it should be. I kind of had to let him know, explain to him the whole idea of pre-bolus and why this is so important. And yep. you can't get frustrated when you see a spike because there's a reason why it's there. Like you need to understand a little bit more of the backstory of those things. So I think that's just kind of education that kind of I've had to teach him that I've learned. Um, and that's just helpful for everyone. And I kind of, you know, try to, you know, teach my mom things too. It's a little bit harder for a grandparent and, or sure. when you're not living with it every single day, just giving little bits of information you know, I feel like you're always leaving something out. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just, comfortable. My mother-in-law will never hear this, but 10 years in, if my daughter's low, she brings her carb free stuff. And if she's high, she brings her <laughs> stuff with sugar. And I'm like, you're never getting this. So, um, <laughs> My dad, my dad still always does that. Oh, he can have that. And it's like, yes, he can eat the popcorn. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's okay. I, it, no, and I don't blame anyone, but no, I understand. No, <laughs> you know. listen, I think you just said something that's so like important a second ago. And I, I would say that it, it's, I find it heartbreaking and not disappointing, but when you see somebody online or somewhere say, Oh, like, you know, they show a, like a spike on their graph and then the answer ends up being, well, that's diabetes. And I'm like, no, not really. And, you know, like, like it is, I get that idea. Like, you know, I just had, we talked about it earlier. Arden's blood sugar was really high overnight, but I, uh, or in the evening last night, but I, I kept at it and I kept pushing and I kept pushing. And the real truth is there'd be no way for me to know this. Right. But the real truth is if I could have tripled her basal rate and bolus three times as much as I did at 7 PM last night, her blood sugar would not have gotten high. Now, I don't know how, as a human being, to make that leap. I couldn't have. So the, yeah. the answer that diabetes does sometimes do crazy stuff that you can't predict is 100% true. But there is a way to stop what's happening. It's just maybe not reasonable to do. And, and, that, and that, I don't know if that made sense. And now we're getting up on an hour, and I'm feeling pressure to finish what I'm saying. But, like, like so we might have to go a little longer. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean there's not an answer. 
of course. Right, right. And and even though it would have been nuts for me to bolus six units of insulin last night when I saw my daughter's blood sugar go 140 diagonal up, that would have been insane. It turns out that probably would have been the right thing to do. I know. But but there's no way for me to know that. Of course. And, right. So I spent the the hours until the mid-morning like going, doing what you were just saying. Like, oh, here's. <laughs> yeah. But I was being aggressive. I wasn't just like, here's a half unit. I was like, here, bolus two units. Double your basil. And then it would sit at 180 or 160. And I was like, it's going to come down. It's going to come down. It's going to come down. And then an hour would go by. And I'm like, it's still 180. And then I was just, <laughs> you know, it was like, and I was like, bolus again. Like two more. I just kept going. Two more, two more, two more. Because I kept thinking, like, look, if it falls, we'll just she'll drink juice or something like that. It'll, you know, if it goes too far the other way. But I think that's an important idea to wrap your head around. It is if something's happening with it and you can't figure out how to stop it, fix it, adjust it, make it the way you want it, whatever you want to call it, that doesn't mean there's not an answer. That just means the answer is not apparent to you at that time. And yeah. so um, one day it will be. And then you'll be living on the normal floor. <laughs> I've been dying to say that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, I, and it's cool that I, I want to say this, and I want to hear a little bit back from you about it before we finish up. But you are so far advanced in this from where I was 18 months into it. And, and I'm not looking to have my apple polished here or anything like that. But like, you know. Can you talk a little bit how about how you fast forwarded to this spot so quickly? Because you said some heady stuff about management, and you're working with a four year old who's only had diabetes for a year and a half. I feel like I'm slow, so I, that's like a compliment. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I think I just I want to set him up for success. I want his body to be in the best shape that it can be. And believe me, there's obviously times where he's in the three hundreds and that happens from a spike from a meal, you know, like that's it's not like I'm living in, you know, under one thirty over here. So no, I one, mean, no one's living like that all the time. No, <laughs> no one. But I, I think I just, I want, I want to teach him that his, that his body matters and that, you know, we care enough about him to set him up for when it does switch over and he is the one that's taking care of himself, that he has learned those things and that he cares about himself enough. And I want him to be better at it than me. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I want for him. Yeah. And I think just by teaching him just the things that we talk about diabetes a lot. I mean, it's definitely, you know, he, he heard something on the radio yesterday and obviously they just use the word diabetes. It wasn't about type one. And it was like a Walgreens commercial or something like that. Like, Oh, diabetes. And, Clayton says, I have that. And, you know, like he, like he knows, like he knows we're talking, oh, my ketones and like just things that he knows. He's so, I feel like he's, he's had to grow up a little bit more than an average four-year-old. And the things that he knows and knows about his body, unfortunately, he's not able to really tell when he's low yet. So that's another struggle, I would say, in terms of, you know, care in that regard. Um, But yeah, I just, I just hope for those things for him. I mean, that's just what I, I want for him. Well, I'll tell you life. what, your, your answer is, is heartwarming, but at the same point <laughs> did not answer my question, but, sorry, but, sorry. but no, no, but here's why that's really cool because, because that the reason that makes me feel great is because you are so much more advanced than I was uh, nine years ago or eight and a half years ago when I was at the same point you are, and you don't know how, which means that the information in the world and the technology that's available is that much better that yeah. you still feel probably as lost as I did at 18. But 
you're not. You're not. You're yeah. no. No. You're nowhere near that. And but I. So the process is going to be the process. Is what this is teaching me. No matter what. But the health and the day to day living is so much better than it was back then, and yeah. um, and probably will continue to be ten years from now. Your son will be 14 and you'll be telling a story about how he's had diabetes for 12 years like I am. And then somebody else will come along and, you know, it will take them six weeks to figure this all out. And, you know, yeah, and they'll have their artificial pancreas on and it'll work great. And I, I just it's just very encouraging. Your answer was at the same time completely <laughs> not uh, valuable to the question, but <laughs> but really, really, really valuable as a message, I think. I so. guess it's just it's not about me. It's just about him. That's, yeah. You know, no, I know. No, absolutely. But it's just, it's, I find it amazingly encouraging that you don't know how well you're doing, <laughs> which is odd. By the way, you should know how well you're doing. Some, you're doing fantastic. I actually, I actually get really excited to go to his clinic appointments because it's like, I want to see the A1C go down. You know, like I want to know that what we're doing you is are type a, aren't good you? or better, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, it yeah, kind of yeah. makes me excited to go. And even if it's not, even if it goes up point one or whatever, like, okay, well, what can we do to like make it better? You're making me think about, I just interviewed somebody recently whose second child was diagnosed and they were excited because they had diabetes like their brother. And, oh. and I was like, wow, there, there's so few places in life where someone would make a statement like that. And, and <laughs> you don't hear a lot of people go like, I can never wait to get our to our quarterly doctor's appointments. They're fantastic. But I do know what you mean. And I, I really do. I'm with you. Like I, I get it. Like, and it's, so that dread that somebody else might now might be listening like F you, but like, like, you know what I mean? Like that dread that that person is feeling right now, once you get all the, the pieces in place, it turns into what you're talking about. Like, Hey, I feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, I feel like I've made good steps over the last three months. And now let me find out if they, it worked out the way I thought. And, you know, uh, and I, you know, up until very recently, I've been using, uh, Arden's Dexcom Clarity app on my phone to tell me what um, what it thought uh, her her A1C was going to be, and I've had a lot of uh, luck with it being pretty accurate to what her A1C's actually been. But I think enough people had discrepancies that Dexcom's working on that function. I know a I was bit. so bummed. I used that actually to yeah. kind of check myself, and I it was so upset when they just took it away recently. Yeah. I was like, oh man, it was such a. Now I kind of just have to pay attention to the average. And yes. Yeah. Remember where it was, and then know if I'm close to where it was the last time when it was on a yeah. couple weeks. And I, I genuinely, and I don't know anything, but I genuinely believe it's coming back. I think they're just working on making yeah, it I more. But it was literally my favorite part about the app. Yeah. So they should know, uh, if you're listening to Dexcom, I don't use the app as much as I used to because you took that <laughs> function away. So really, you should have called me and asked first. I would have told you <laughs> what, the, what I thought. But no one cares what I think, Christina, and I think that's the message of this podcast. Yeah. Um, definitely not my wife, which is why she'll never be on. Or maybe she will be one day when I'm completely comfortable. She's not going to out me and tell me tell everyone every stupid thing I do in my life because she, it'll delight her to do that. Like I got up off the sofa the other day and and she thought the way I walked away was funny. 36 hours later, I'm still being mocked over this. And I can't... Well, I, <laughs> I can relate to, the, <laughs> to these comments. I'm sure you can. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I really genuinely appreciate you um, reaching out and coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Scott. You were great. What headset are you using, by the way? My husband's a video gamer, so I, to be honest, I don't know. It's huge, and it's got a microphone thing, and I stole it from his you room. You probably so. look ridiculous. <laughs> To everyone listening, this is Christina is like the third or first, fourth person who's stolen their. Uh, to be honest, Christina, other people stole them from their kids, but okay, yours came from your <laughs> husband. But uh, apparently, gamer headsets work really great for podcasts. So if you're thinking of coming on later and you've got one, you're already halfway set up. Thanks again. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, cool. thanks, Scott.
All right, everybody, look. Summer's over. I'm back. I'm not running around like a lunatic anymore. I know I missed last week with the podcast. I feel bad about that. Don't get me wrong. But I was with my son and some college visits. I just did not have the time to get one up. I hope you enjoyed this one. They're going to be coming every week after this all year long. 2017, Year of the Diabetes Podcast. Please, please, please reach out and say hello. Find me on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, at Arden's Day or at Juicebox Podcast. I'm on Instagram also. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, you can do two things. It would be amazing. You could tell a friend, help the podcast grow, and you could leave a, a, a review, you know, like a really positive statement of how much you love it wherever you listen. Maybe you listen on iTunes. That'd be a great place to leave a review. Maybe you listen on Stitcher, Google Play. I don't know where you're doing it, but wherever you're doing it, if there's an ability to review it, do it. If you're loving it, tell somebody else you're loving it. That's how the information is going to get around. All right. Thank you so much. Remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be ever considered as advice, medical or otherwise. I will see you very soon with the next episode.